Holy day, that's Talk Sports fans. Thanks for tuning to another episode of uh, Let's Talk Sports Roundtable. And I'm joined by a regular contributor on the network, Jackie. Thanks for joining me today. Anytime. Thank you for having me. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. A lot's happened. And that's Justin Cardinal's land. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to have you joined me and um, I wonder what we'll be talking about today. There's lots to talk about today with the Cardinals, a little bit of the Suns, so lots to chat about. There is and um, I know you've got a live show coming up this week. Uh, I'm sure that will be action-packed. I'm looking forward to checking it out. You tell everyone where they can reach it, and um, I encourage them to do so. Yeah, so my show, uh, Redbird Red Zone Podcast, we will be going live uh, next Thursday. Um, I believe it's August 11th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be going over all of the drama. Um, we have I have a buddy that has been going to all the Cardinals training camps, so he's got some notes, so he's going to break that down for us, and we'll probably look into what this preseason is going to look like. Yep, everyone be sure to check it out. As we always say, everyone helps each other out in the community. So check out what Jackie's doing. And um, I guess the biggest topic, what we'll start off with, is with Kyla Murray resigning, which, as we talked about a few times, a deal was always going to get done. It was just a question of, how much and when it will get done. Uh, the contract, I think it's actually quite favourable to the Cardinals organisation. I kind of expected it to be a little bit more. You may feel different, but um, certainly the court of public opinion has swung in Kyla's favour a little bit with a certain clause, what was added in, but I'm sure you're just happy that extensions happened, then it's not a storyline going forward. Absolutely. You know, it was inevitable that we were going to pay him. It was just a matter of when and how much. Um, the quarterback market is pretty high right now. Um, so I think he got a decent contract. Um, a lot of people said it's too much money. Um, I, I feel like it's, it's you know, this is market value right now. So this is what you got to pay a, a franchise quarterback. Um so yeah, it, it was good for a couple of days because it's like, all right, yeah, we got we got him paid, everything's gonna be good, like things are gonna look up. And then there was a, a clause leaked in his contract saying that he has to do a mandatory four hours of study time per game. Um, so everybody took that as a oh, so he's not putting in the effort, he's not studying, he's not watching film. So the media really dragged him through the mud and it wasn't just, it didn't only look bad on Kyler, whose character has already called into question. Um, but the, the whole organization kind of looks bad in that sense because you just gave a bunch of money to a guy that you don't trust. Um, so it was a big fiasco. Um, and it's so much so that Kyler had to call an impromptu press conference, kind of defend his name. And then hours later, they retract that clause and took it out. Um, so, which is good, you know, but also it's like, well, kind of shouldn't have been there in the first place. 
Yep, I feel the same. They've got to know what they've got out, so um, to me, surely they knew it would get out and they wanted it out there, if nothing else, to make him study. So, not a good look. I will say this I know we've spoken in the past. Does he have leadership skills of, say, a JJ Watt? But I thought he handled it quite well in that regard. I'm not saying that means he's a leader, but I thought, I thought he'd come across fairly classy in how he handled the situation in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everybody has been crying for him to, you know, be a leader and, you know, be more vocal. And the way he handled himself in that presser, you know, that was his impromptu thing. So it really did show uh, him stepping up to the plate. And, um, you know, it was very mature of him, too, because he kind of said a lot of things. But just the way he spoke and chose his words, you know, it, it was a it was a very good press conference for him. And it really I feel like that kind of helped him take a step forward into a leadership position. Yeah, Andre, perhaps he has took on board some of the things what's been said. Only time will tell. Um, so, um, one of our regular contributors, Nick Bodkins of the Bodkins Show, says, are they still going to make him study? And also adds, um, what if he continues to struggle? Will people point to that, that he doesn't watch enough film? That is the danger with Jedry. Jackie, it's now a conversation whether there's some um, validity to it. It's going to be a topic going forward. So you've got rid of the contract speculation and now you've got the stadium speculation at this point. Yeah, well, now he's not contractually obligated to study. Um, but he said himself, like, he hasn't gotten to the point where he's at um, without putting in the, the work and the studying and watching the film. Um, I think what he had an interview back when the, with the New York times back in uh, December. And he said something to the effect of like, I have been blessed with the cognitive skills to understand the game in a way that I don't have to put in a lot of study time. He said he doesn't um, need to kill himself watching film. You know, this is very loosely quoted, um, which the, everybody took that and ran with it and just translated it to he does not watch film. Um, and I think it's a it's a learning lesson for him that you really have to watch what you say because everyone's going to spin your words and take it for what you never intended it to be. Um, but I think a little more pressure is on now that he knows that there is going to be a narrative surrounding him that if it's a bad game, if nothing's going well, they're going to chalk it up to, oh, he's not putting in the work, he's not studying, he's not watching film. Um, so it's a lot of pressure on him now, especially now that not only are all these accusations are coming out uh, about your character, but you just got paid a lot of money. Yeah, but Andre, um, my take on it is, um, he clearly knows the playbook. If you've watched him play, he clearly knows. So my hunch is he does study, but he's not a junkie watching tape all the time. I think he watches enough to do the job, but maybe it isn't he isn't the biggest study. I think he does some probably he knows enough of the playbook and he uses his athleticism to get 
when he doesn't to get away with certain things if that makes sense and mm -hmm. it takes for all kinds um and it doesn't mean you won't become a study junkie if you will so i'm intrigued to see how this rhetoric maybe makes him adjust to how well he knows the playbook and i agree with you he's no longer on that rookie deal set this game there's a different sort of pressure now because if you want to get paid, that's all well and good, but you've got a huge amount of a cap being attributed to you now. So there's going to be a pressure. He's going to have to up his game to another level to justify getting paid. So it'll be interesting how he deals with that, if he can cope with the pressure. Yeah, and you well know... Now he's been paid. He has that burning desire to justify being paid so i'm i'm going to be watching him with some interest and seeing how it does affect his play yeah and i mean if he feels like okay these people don't think i'm studying and he starts to put in a little like think of how much more elevated his game would be if he's starting to put in even more time than he, what he is now because whatever he's been doing before has been working because he's been playing at a very high level um prior to injuries of course um but he's got an element to his game that like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning didn't have. And that's, that's athleticism. You know, when, when things start to break down, he can use his legs and extend plays. Um, so just imagine with his athleticism and his, him starting to really learn and understand the game, you know, he's ceiling's very high for him. Yeah, but I agree. Um, I'm intrigued to see what his play is like this year because he has always made a massive jump every year. Mm -hmm. To me, I don't have any worries about his play. To me, the two things what I'm watching for is his leadership and also I have concerns about his long-term health. He hasn't really shown the ability of rather than getting five extra yards, can he... A slide down before it's an issue because I think the Cardinal season would have been a little bit different if he didn't get that injury last year because it seemed to take away some of his momentum. So, what I want from him is can he protect himself for the good of the team because it's no good getting five yards and then being out three games. So, um, do you think is that something you'd like to see him? maybe elevate a little bit in just being able to make real sensible decisions in that regard. Absolutely. Just like you said, what we're looking, what I'm looking for in this season is, is he going to take a step up in leadership and is he going to be able to protect himself, make better decisions um, because he's a lot better to the team when he's not hurt. Um, so yeah, it, doesn't mean necessarily get, don't don't sacrifice yourself I feel like players like Andrew Luck uh, Carson Wentz tend to you, you know do things like that and it ends in disaster unfortunately it does um so moving on to another topic and moving to a receiver position Hollywood Browns being in the news this week my initial reaction Obviously, knowing this um, episode is coming up, was this receiver call seems cursed this year with the Hopkins thing. I can only imagine 
what it's like for the fan base because um, I know as a Jets fan, when you get one injury, it seems to snowball. And I know Hopkins isn't an injury per se, but unavailability, sir. Um, hopefully it isn't an issue in regard to suspension for what my hunch is it won't be. Not the first half of the season. There may be a suspension come down the road, but hopefully D-Hop will be back by that point. So is the fan base, what's their feeling on this? But knowing this is a case of, well, we'll deal with that at the time. Yeah, it's a case of we'll, you know, we'll cross that bridge when it comes, if it comes. Um, I mean, most of fan base, because he wasn't under the influence. Um, it was a victimless crime. Um, if you're a Valley native, like I was for 26 years, uh, commuting on the same stretch of freeway that he got pulled over at, um, it's it's called the Loop 101, and the joke is, 101 is the speed limit because everybody drives insanely fast on that freeway not 126 miles per hour fast but you know everybody is always traveling very high speeds um so he he got caught for doing what a lot of people do every day um so kind of wrong place wrong time but it but it is a bad look being at that high of a speed um you know very dangerous um yeah, but, um, like I said, victimless crime. It, if it was under the influence, then it's a completely different um, situation. Um, so he may well give him a situation, get away without a suspension. Um, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. But I'm intrigued to see what he looks like in this offense. Being honest, I. I have more faith in Wondo more going forward. I'm quite high on him. I had high expectations last year. And I want to see how they utilise him because I'm not sure Keith Kingsbury maybe made the most out of his season last year. From someone that watches the team, you may feel different, but I probably do have more faith in more than I do Hollywood Brown. For sure. I feel like Cliff didn't really scheme up a lot of things for him that he, that, how do I say this? Like at the beginning of the year, you, you saw flashes of how great Rondell Moore can be, but a lot of those was the weren't necessarily plays designed to go to him, but it, he got a lot of touches from like broken plays where Kyler's scrambling out to his left or his right and he can find more down the field. You know, that's where we saw how good he is, but we didn't see anything specifically to utilize his skill set. I mean, we did see like some like catches out of the backfield, um, but I want to see him, you know, he's a, he's a fast guy, like throw him deep. Like he could probably burn some of these, you know, these corners that can't keep up. So I, I want to see him in, more involved in that sense. Yep, I agree. And Let's be honest, that's what Keith Kingsbury was brought in for, to be that young, dynamic play caller. What he didn't have in experience is meant to have in maybe fresh ideas. So I do feel this is the year for him to prove that. I know um, in listening to your episode on Sports Buffoons the other week, uh, some of you feel 
the same in regard to Kingsbury. So I think he's under pressure to maybe use some of these offensive weapons a little bit different than he has. Kyler Murray's no longer that um, rookie quarterback. So let's see him take the training wheels off in regard to this offense. Absolutely. I want to see more plays downfield because we have these fast guys. I can get down there. Let's let's utilize them. But, you know, like you like you said, our, our wide receiver room is in shambles right now. Um, but we also have something that historically we've never had before. And that is a very stellar tight end group. Um, we've never had a, a star tight end ever. And now we have um Zach Ertz, Max Williams, who kind of came out of nowhere last last season before he got hurt and was killing it. Um, and then now you got Trey McBride, who was drafted in the second round. That's supposed to be the best tight end in that draft. Um, so so let's utilize these tight ends. Let's gr- get creative. Yeah, Andre, um, to be honest with you, is probably the deepest position on offense because there is question marks at the running back position, not as much James Conner, but the people behind him. And that was going to be my next question. Do you think that James Conner can cope with, I expect his workload to go up at least 20% just because there's question marks, but he has had injury issues when he was in Pittsburgh and, had a couple of injuries last year. Do you think he could cope with that increased workload? I hope so. It's that that is a big concern for me is his health, um, given his history, and when you're giving such a, a workload to a, a running back, um, it it you're, it's almost like you're on edge every time they run the ball, especially the way James Conner runs the ball because he's just powering through people. He's not like a breakaway speedy guy. Like he's got a lot of power and he's a north and south runner. So I'm gonna be watching and biting my fingernails every time that he gets the ball. But hopefully, um, Daryl Williams can come in and kind of compliment him, like Chase Edmonds complimented him. So. We'll see how this goes. Wide uh, running back is a big question mark, and that's what I'm really going to be. That's it's really going to be interesting to watch this season. Um, I mean, Dale, um, like you said, Dale's going to be an interesting add because he isn't Chase Edmonds, but he has some of his fundamental skill set is there. So I think the roadmap is. Maybe James Conner takes 10 to 20% more, and then uh, you, you spell Daryl and spell. So we'll see how that, that plays out. Um, before we get um, moved to uh, the Suns, I did want to ask you we spoke in the past about the defense losing some pieces. Now we're nearer to the season. Are you confident in this defense? Because I know Chandler Jones is gone, but last year he played, but then the year before he was injured. So uh, I do see some fans with the argument of, well, they coped with it that, that year. So are you concerned or do you feel like it's just a case of next man up and see how these young guys do? Yeah, I'm definitely concerned. Um, 
And I think it's a it's in the next man up mentality because I mean when Chandler Jones got hurt, we still stayed afloat. Um, last year he was relatively quiet outside of that first game against Tennessee. Um, so it's not a, a huge loss for the defense. We did sign some um, some depth pieces to the D line. Um, so in that regards, I think we'll be okay. Um, but we need corners. Um, I'm kind of nervous, you know, the further we get into to towards preseason that we haven't signed anybody yet. And there's still some notable names that could be good in, in regards to depth. Um, but, you know, we did tragically lose uh, Jeff Gladney. Um, and we never addressed that. So corners a, a big concern for me. Remember in speaking to some fans that was a need during the draft and it was never truly addressed. So yeah, um I guess the hope is there's always someone will get cut, so maybe a veteran gets added, we'll see. Um just to finish up the sons, um they've resigned DeAndre Ayton and last time we talked it was more trending than they probably wouldn't do. Around the time there was rumours of Kevin Durant maybe a deal being done for him, whereas Aiton doesn't necessarily rule it out. It makes it a heck of a lot more difficult. I would struggle to see how they could do a deal. Absence of trade and Devon Booker to make that deal work. So probably unlikely to happen. How do you feel? Because I know you're in two minds about whether to resign Aiton or whether it was better to use that money elsewhere to build this roster. Yeah, I um, I, w- I wouldn't say I was surprised that we re-signed him because I was already just – I had already come to terms that he was not going to be with the team. Um, but to, to see that we were able to match whatever Indiana was going to give him, um, and it turns out to be the – the same contract that we had initially offered him that he turned down. So to get him for the price that we wanted him, it's always good. And it, you know, it's, it's better to keep a guy that's been a guy for us than have him go somewhere else. You know, he was still a big part of our champion or our finals run our playoff run last year. Um, and he's got a high ceiling too, just like in regards to Kyler Murray, like if he can just um, maybe focus you know, buckle down and, and really put in the work, you know, he's got a very high ceiling. He's a raw young talent. Um, and then in, I know that Brooklyn wasn't interested in him for a Kevin Durant trade. So it doesn't necessarily take it off the table. Um, but, er, you know, earlier in July, everybody was under the impression that we were going to get Kevin Durant, but that's kind of cooled down since then. They're still we're we're still very hopeful that we can somehow get Kevin Durant, but I think Brooklyn's asking price is a little too high because um, I think the Suns don't want to part ways with Nikhil Bridges, and I think that's going to have to be a part of the deal. Um, Cameron Johnson probably. Um, so those are guys that you don't want to have to give up. But I think when you are talking about a player like Kevin Durant, like if we're able to acquire him, I think that could potentially give us a championship 
So I think you gotta, you really gotta cut your losses and, and spend some money, money, I guess, you know, players like Kevin Durant, you got to give up a lot for, unfortunately. Oh, great. Um, and but that's the problem that ownership, um, they don't really want to dip into luxury tax, really, and they certainly would have to. And the Rudy Gabeir deal sort of complicated this situation because if Rudy Gabeir is worth that type of package, what is Kevin Durant? But then looking at from teams making a deal, you've got what two years of probably his best production left, and then you've got to add into injuries. And I'm sure the Suns are looking at him. Well, Chris Paul was showing a history of getting injured. Do you want to add Kevin Durant's injury history to this team if you can trade away? some of your debt for that i guess that's a reason why it makes the deal a bit more complicated as well yeah and it's like do you do you want to mortgage your future for a couple years of, of a good player um so the fan base is a little torn because um what i've noticed with suns fans is they kind of get um invested into some of these role players and so it's like can, are you willing to part ways with some of these guys that you know are fan favorites that you love to for potentially getting a championship um so that's kind of where everybody's at which in that regards like yes I, I will take a championship and I'll take it now um because been waiting a very long time you know and we were very close we were this close and I would like to see the Suns or the Cardinals win just just one time before I die um I'll get that, and to be honest with you, the windows now, how many yeah. windows are the Suns going to have with all due respect? Obviously, they've yeah. got Devin Booker, that window is closing. Is he going to get frustrated if they're not prepared to make the aggressive move? I think when you make the move to re-sign Aiden, which I like him as a player, but they probably overpaid for him, you can't you're costing yourself some of your assets there, so why not go all in and go to try him? Because if you don't make that sort of aggressive move in two to three years, is Devin Booker going to get frustrated possibly, sir? Maybe talk to Chris Paul, see if he can rework his deal and bring him in. Oh, I don't know if that was something he'd do. He hasn't shown willingness elsewhere but I do feel he needs a ring for his legacy so would that make him a bit more willing to make that deal it's going to be interesting but I do feel Durant won't get traded before the season I think it might be around trade deadline so if you're the Suns that might be the best thing for you see how the season starts and then will ownership be a bit more willing to dip into the luxury tank. Yeah. Uh, at this point, that's what I feel like is going to happen because Kevin Durant does want to be here. It, it's been very clear. We've been hearing all the rumors, all the talk. Um, I think he does want to come here where his number one destination. He wants to be in, on the Suns. So it's just a matter of when, hopefully, because I really do feel like that 
would give us a championship. That that is our best shot to win a championship. And you, you know, you oh, have to great. go all and in. That seems like the perfect place to wrap up the episode. I've learned to thank you for joining me. Now we're going to be doing a weekly show during the season. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it too. Thank you for having me and let me ramble on. It's It's been a long time since I've been able to talk to you about what's been going on. So this was good talk. Yeah, I look forward to it as well. Um, yeah, and thank you to everyone for joining us. Can I ask everyone, if you haven't done already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Is something I'm trying to grow at this point. And don't forget to check out Jackie's podcast early next week. I will post it over time in the group page. So um, until next time, let's talk sport fans. Thanks for watching.